Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talks Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to CapBuilderTalk.com. Post comments on Facebook.com forward slash CapBuilderNetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life, helping you to walk in your purpose. I know you hear a little something special in my voice today, but the show must go on because we have a great show for you. I got a great lineup of great guests. We're going to be bringing it to you. We're going to have Louis Cantorino. He's going to be on from The Wave Productions, a Christian multimedia company. He's going to be back to introduce the recording artist Pamela Parker and their newly released single, Take It Over Me. Also on the show today is Marcus Dorsey. He was on here a couple weeks ago. He's coming back. He's a CPA. He was here talking about money for your business and how to understand money. Today he's going to be coming back doing a regular basis to get a few tips on understanding how to make money work for your business. So he's going to be here today. I talked to him earlier. He says he has a sermon for you. And then also, I'm getting a lot of questions of going out to the community, talking about these opportunity zones. What are they? How can we take advantage of them? I have Corey Henry here today. He's the executive director of Steam Revolution, Inc., He's an Opportunity Zone League Commissioner, and he's going to discuss the real opportunities with Opportunity Zones. You understand? I said the real opportunity, real opportunities for the community and for the city that they're in. So I'm going to go to break. And then when I come back, I'm going to come back with the Cat Bill a minute on the signs of success. And then we're going to go into the rest of this show. But I know normally when I go to break, I do a lot of James Brown. But I'm going to play a little bit of this new single by Pamela Parker. Take it over me. I want you to check it out. Hopefully she'll be able to stop in towards the end of the show. We'll be able to talk to her for a bit. But listen to this song. I know you will appreciate it. How am I to take this?
The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of... You are listening to the Cat Bill Minute Podcast. Tips and information on starting and growing a small business. Eight signs of successful life that have nothing to do with money or fame. I'm not going to give you eight. I'm just going to give you a few of them this evening. Number one, you quit trying to please. Success happens when you quit living your life to please everyone around you. Success happens when you quit listening to the noise of the world and focus on what's important to you. Success happens when you quit thinking reality is anything but what you want it to be. All right? Number two, you're polite. One of the most successful self-books of all time, How to Win Friends and Influence People, offers simple pieces of advice. Smile, be polite, praise others for their good work, and don't argue with other people. It's astonishing how many people just don't have good manners, but you can. Number three, you have many moments when you lose yourself. You get so involved in what you're doing because you're so passionate about it, the hours just go by, okay? That's so, so important. And the last one I'm going to leave you with tonight is someone has thanked you for something you've done. Has anyone ever gone out of their way to thank you for your work? That's success. No matter how bad you want success for yourself, you'll never get it until you find a way to provide value to other people. So that's my Cat Builder Minute for tonight. You heard a lot of great information. Hey, this is Mark Pyre. I'm going to go to another break. When I come back, I'm going to start talking about this money. Marcus Dorsey will be up. Making your money work for you on the Camp Builder Talk Radio Show. how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. We're going to start having this money conversation with the one and only Marcus Dorsey. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. All right, man. So I told you you were going to have the mic. You said you got a sermon prepared for them? I do. I do. Uh, I want to talk to you all today, or talk to you today about um, uh, the topic you gave me was um, how to help, how to make your money work for you and your business. Um, So there are a couple of different things that you can do to, like, to 
to grow your money or to help your money work for your business. And one of the things you can do primarily is to save your money. Um, when I, and I know that doesn't sound like helping your money work for your business, but by saving your money, putting excess funds into an account, like a savings account or a money market account or a CD or something of that nature, um, that helps to keep you liquid. You want to you will want to have two to three months of your operating expenses liquid. That way, you don't make uh, run out and make rash decisions <clears throat> when you have an opportunity um, to invest in something or to grow your business. And more importantly, if you need to borrow money, you have a a lump sum of money sitting there as capital because banks don't really want to loan money to people who need it. So if you have some money that's there for you, then um, they they are more apt to loan you money. <clears throat> and the next um, uh, tip that I would say is to maybe you want to look at paying down your debt or buying out investors. This will allow you to uh, reduce your monthly cash obligations, um, either uh, quarterly or other periodic obligations that you have. So, and this is a good strategy to use when you have, um, when times are good, not necessarily when they're bad, but you want to do it in a, when times are good so that if there is a slowdown in the, in the economy, like in the month or the quarter or even for the year, you will have some of your, um, some of your monthly obligations will be reduced. So they're, they're thereby again, uh, uh providing you with some, some liquidity and, and the ability to, be able to make your payments on time and, and, and keep you um, in good financial standing with, with everyone that you deal with. But the last one that I want to talk to you about is investing your money. And when we invest our money, everybody thinks of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you know, basically investing your money in the market. But realist, not realistic, but um, one thing I would like to have you consider is investing your money in your, in your business. There are things that you can do. You can invest your money in your business that will provide you with um, a multitude multitude of dividends. Uh, one would be retirement plans. A lot of a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we do not have um, adequate uh, retirement funding. So, if you invest your money in retirement plan, you you get a that's a win and a win because one you have the investment piece, and then two there's a uh, that's a legitimate business expense so that's a you get two you get more uh, bang for your buck on that one um, something else you can invest your money in would be systems and processes within your business so if you have some uh, some additional cash you may want to um, look at some of the technology that you're using um, maybe upgrade some systems or invest in some additional uh, technology that will allow you to do whatever it is that you do a little bit more efficiently and thereby making you more profitable. So that would in turn cut some other expenses, thereby giving you more money that you will have to invest. And then the last one would be to invest in, your, in, um, invest in advisors. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of times, when I run into people, they the, one of the first things they tell me is, "Well, uh, when I have some money, I'll 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 take you up on that offer." Or, but they don't have adequate counsel, be it 
uh, accounting counsel or or legal counsel, marketing counsel, or technology counsel. They just don't have the money, so everything they're doing is based off of Google and, and something that they read or something that they heard. And while that is good, but there there may be a way to do things a little bit better and by investing in advisors that can save you a lot of time, energy, and at the end of the day, a whole lot of money. So those are my tips for the day, sir. Well, you know which one I like. I like that investing advisors one, okay? <laughs> because I think exactly. that we, sometimes we wait too long before we make that call. How many people come to you when it's too late? Uh, probably nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. <laughs> Correct. So if they, if they want to get more information from you, Marcus, on doing business with you, where do they go to find out more information? So you can reach me at my website, which is Dorsey, uh, www.dorseycpa.com. That's D-O-R-S-E-Y-C-P-A.com. And my <laughs> office number. Yes, sir. No, go ahead. Okay, my office number is 404-459-4174. Once again, that's 404-459-4174. And you said you're going to come back on a regular basis and give us some tips to help yes, us sir. understand. All right, man. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for thanks having me. All right, thanks for stopping by. All right, thanks. You got to start paying attention to these tips. If you're not listening to somebody like Marcus, you're making mistakes in your business and you won't know you're making those mistakes until sometimes it's way too late. So I implore you to contact him, contact me. He's going to be on the show on a regular basis trying to help you understand things that we're all afraid of. We never want to go to a CPA the same way we don't want to go to a dentist. But Marcus is going to make it more better, more better for you. So this is Mark Parham, Cat Miller Talk Radio Show. We're going to go to break. And we're going to come back. We're going to start having this conversation about these opportunities today on the Cat Miller Talk Radio Show. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I did the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham. We're all hearing now that opportunities on this and how they can help the community. I have researched, been to a lot of different meetings, and I still have questions about it. What are the real opportunities? Today we have Corey Henry here to let us know his thoughts on how the community can understand what the real opportunities are for all of us. Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Uh, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm glad you are here, man, because hopefully you can clear some of this up. So, Corey, you know, why don't you first – before you get started, I want people to introduce so I want you to introduce yourself, let people know who you are, so they know where all this great information is coming from, and then we'll get into having a discussion. Okay. Well, my name is Corey Henry. I'm uh, I'm a West Point graduate, uh, an Army veteran, uh, Iraq War veteran. Um, I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, I've owned trucking companies, uh, franchises. So I definitely have uh, experienced a lot of the the turmoil, if you will, that goes with the dream of entrepreneurship. Uh, you know the ups and the downs, um, and and the big, especially being a black entrepreneur, because of the often lack of of access to capital, which is the lifeblood of any businesses, especially uh, in their first few years. So. You know, uh, raising capital, having capital to start and to run your business is critical in order to get through the cyclical nature of uh, of being an entrepreneur. So I, um, you know, that's kind of where, you know, when I heard about Opportunity Zones, you know, obviously it was something that uh, intrigued me because I, I'm thinking how can I grow my business, how can I advise my friends and family, how to grow their businesses. Uh, this is definitely a legislation that that uh, will help with that. Um, uh, my, I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. I grew up there. I uh, Of course, I left when I went off to New York to go to West Point. Um, and then I've been here in Atlanta for about 15 years, you know, working in the, in the public space, uh, advising small businesses on how to how to survive, how to how to how to uh, grow in communities where it's it's not it's very rare to even see small businesses. The, the uh, you know the size there's only three uh, percent entrepreneurship in the black community as is. So opportunity zone is definitely going to help us uh, increase that. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to be here. Excited to share my my position on that and see if we can um, expand our, our general consciousness about this legislation. Well, first off, I'm glad you said you've been here 15 years because you've seen the changes in Atlanta. So Absolutely. let's talk about first, <laughs> let's let's kind of give a 30,000-foot description of, of what these opportunity zones are, and then we'll figure Absolutely. out, talk about how how they affect us in the community. Okay. Okay. So Opportunity Zones were a part of the Tax Cuts Jobs Act of 
2017. So it was kind of thrown in there as an incentive to give investors uh, as far as, uh, you know, how do we get money that's out there that's not being utilized? There's over three or four trillion dollars in unrealized capital gains that are not working in the U.S. economy. So, uh, you know, some some high-level economists they were able to work with Representative Tim Scott and uh, not Representative uh, Senator Tim Scott and Senator Cory Booker and uh, helping to really push this legislation and get it passed, you know, the the Jobs Act, the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, was supposed to be the ultimate solution for how to get capital into small businesses, but it was missing a major component, which was incentive. Why would an investor decide to put his money in a community where there hasn't been investment in over 30, 40 years? And over 50%, probably closer to 60% of Opportunity Zones are areas that have not had almost any investment in over three decades. So what was going to cause them to all of a sudden start dumping billions, if not trillions of dollars into these communities, if not for some kind of coordinated effort on the federal, state, and local level to increase that interest? So. Uh, that's kind of the high level of where this came from. Uh, all of these zones didn't get qualified until the middle of 2018. So the legislation has only been active uh, for about, you know, about 18 months now. You know, so uh, it's still very new. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, information that had not been sorted out. But now those things have been sorted out, and people are starting to put the pieces in place in order to deploy those monies into the communities that need them. So, so what's a qualified opportunity zone? Describe one. Okay. Well, there's over 8,700 uh, opportunity zones in the country, right? Uh, each state in 2017, the, the governor of each state at the time, they were mostly outgoing. It was about 60% of the governors who picked the Opportunity Zones were outgoing governors. And they picked areas or census tracts that were, uh, that were perpetually known for, uh, for poverty, for, uh, for lack of, uh, of business investment, uh, for lack of, uh, you know, college graduates. I mean, it was, they looked at all these different factors for these different census tracts. About 30% of them were rural. About 23% of them were, were Native American land. But the one factor that is the biggest factor in these opportunity zones is that 56% of the population in opportunity zones are African American. Fifty-six percent. Now, African Americans really only represent them. Is this across, across the country? country? Wow. Across the country. So, for a population that only represents thirteen percent of the total population, African Americans represent fifty-six percent of the population in opportunity zones. 
So it is definitely a legislation that was geared towards increasing the opportunity for black-owned businesses, increasing the opportunity for minority businesses, in particular African-American businesses, uh, to get access to capital, which is the critical lifeblood of any business. So how does an investor put money into an opportunity zone then? Do you just go when uh, yeah, there's there's three benefits for an investor uh, as far as opportunity zone investments go. An investor is able to take uh, his capital gains, so any capital gain, whether you sell a stock, uh, you sell a home, you sell a ring, you sell a piece of art, you sell a business, if you had a positive outcome from that sale, more than likely that would be categorized as a capital gain. So you can take that capital gain and invest it in an opportunity zone, and you will, one, you will not pay any taxes on that capital gain for seven years, right? Uh, After seven years, then you will be assessed the original tax. So basically, it's like a seven-year interest-free loan, okay? Now, after five years, 10% Ten percent of that tax is you. You receive a no. I think it's a yeah. A ten percent step up in basis, which means your original tax will be reduced by ten percent. All right. After seven years, it's reduced by fifteen percent. So, uh, so putting that money in, you get a seven-year interest-free loan, and then when you do pay it, it's reduced by up to fifteen percent. Now, if you keep that investment for 10 years, and this is the big piece that has everybody excited. This is the piece that everybody needs to know about. If you keep that investment for 10 years, you will receive a 100% step up in tax basis, which means you will pay no taxes on the increased value of that investment. So if I bought an Uber or a uh, or a Chick-fil-A stock or some kind of company that took off in an opportunity zone and 10 years later it's worth, you know, it, it increased by a 1,000%, you will pay no taxes on the increase of that investment. And that's the piece that has everybody excited. That's the piece that has Google and Amazon and all these big Fortune 500 companies looking at how they can move their headquarters into opportunity zones. So don't get it twisted. The big Amazon headquarter two, headquarter three, the big Google, all of that is about taking advantage of these opportunity zone investments because they have, one, a tremendous amount of capital gains, two, the incentive to be in those highly uh, densely populated areas, and three, the opportunity to reduce their overall tax burden to to almost nothing. Um, that's on the investor side. On the on the small business who's looking to receive the investment side, the critical piece is for them to get one dressed for the party. They have to become bankable. They have to become investable. They have to become a solid investment because this is long term money. This is not 
a get-rich-quick opportunity. This is about uh, conservative money going into businesses that they think will, one, stand the test of time, at least 10 years, and two, will ultimately increase their return on investment. So we have to go back to boot camp, if you will, uh, to teach a lot of our entrepreneurs how to establish good, long-term investable businesses that can attract opportunities on money. Okay, you say dress for the party. What what does that mean? What kind of party am I going to? I mean, driving well, like an out uh, party? Part- I mean, what, what kind of party am I going to? What kind of gear do I need? What should I be looking like? For me, if I'm a small business owner, then the party is is uh, is – when you get access to capital, because when you get, when, think about it, when a company goes public, the entire uh, benefit of that is the general public is able to put capital into your business so that you can then execute your long-term plans. And if you're a business owner, you know, that's a great reason to party. That's a great reason to celebrate because you are now considered a more successful business owner. Now you can get into, you know, acquiring more land, expanding your business, buying more equipment, hiring more people, creating more jobs, making more people wealthy, hopefully improving your community. So when I say get dressed for the party, it's it's truly about doing the things that are necessary to become a bankable, investable business. And if you are not bankable... Give me me an example of what something that uh, is. For instance, uh, having a good long-term uh, a business plan, having a primary placement memorandum, having uh, a, a, getting your CIK number so that you can be listed on the SEC. Uh, these are all things that most uh, minority-owned businesses are not even considering. They just, hey, I want to open a restaurant. I want to serve this kind of food. I want to do this and that without the true understanding of what it takes to truly be a part of this system of capitalism, which is about moving money, growing businesses, uh, putting, putting people to work. So there are some critical pieces that have to be done in order for you to become an investable business, and that's what I call getting dressed for the party. Uh, I like to tell people you can't catch this particular wave, which you do rag on. You have to have... You know, you have to be buttoned up. You have to have all of your uniform, all your ribbons in the right place. Uh, just a different way of letting people know you have to be an investable business. Gotcha. So you got to have people like we had Marcus on a few minutes ago, CPA. You got to have people that can really tell your funding story. Absolutely. They got to be able to tell your story. They got to be able to communicate that to investors uh, in a way that compels them to invest in your business and leave their money in your business for at least 10 years, at least 10 years. And I can tell you now, I don't know many people who are uh, going to just dump millions and millions of dollars into a business that they won't see the real benefit in return for 10 years if they don't see a solid business plan, a solid game plan, a true growth strategy, and a necessary business, something that is uh, 
critical to the community that surrounds it. So uh, those are the things that we really have to focus on when you think about uh, putting yourself in position to become what they say is a qualified opportunity zone business. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. The investor just doesn't give the money to the business. They give it to a fund, and a fund gives it to the business. Let's talk about the opportunity fund. What is that? Yes. So uh, I I talked about QOZBs, the Qualified Opportunity Zone Business, but the Qualified Opportunity Zone Fund, a QOZF, is an entity that has put themselves um, out there as an an aggregate or a collector of these opportunity zone funds for the purpose of finding and vetting businesses that are good opportunity zone investments. So these are layers, you know, layers so that there's not uh impropriety, there's not uh uh there's not uh favoritism, there's not um you know there's not uh back Ended, backhanded, if you will, things going on. The qualified opportunity zone funds will be held accountable for how that money is invested, and it's up to them to keep that money qualified. Because gotcha. if it disqualifies, then all of the incentive goes away for the investor. So the qualified opportunity zone fund will be a lot of your nonprofits a lot of your, uh, uh, maybe your churches, your community organizations, your, uh, and even some businesses that kind of put themselves as mediators or, or middlemen, if you will, to ensure that those monies get down to the businesses in the community that have the bit, the best chance of, of, of standing the test of time and ultimately increasing the value of the investment. So, so let me uh, you, so, so let me ask you this. Go ahead. I have a big church in my community. My church mm-hmm. can become an opportunity fund where investors can invest into the fund that I run with the church, and then that church can actually give money out to the businesses in the community that are Absolutely. maybe associated I, with the I church. I like to think. Uh, I think from from this point of view, your churches and your nonprofits. Will, will transition into business incubators. And they will be the ones responsible for helping these businesses get dressed for the party. You know, here in Atlanta, we have the, for example, the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Right. Uh, that is a prime type of organization that would be an excellent uh, opportunity fund because of their one influence in the community, two, their their access to entrepreneurs, uh, three, their network uh, connecting with different investors and different uh, businessmen and women out there, you know, millionaires and billionaires who have the capital gains. You know, people that live in opportunity zones probably don't have capital gains. You know, right. so it's not like. If you're in the opportunity zone, you're not going to be able to take advantage of the opportunity zones uh, right away as far as the ability to invest in opportunity zones. But you can create opportunity zone businesses that will then be invested in 
and if you execute your plan, then you will generate capital gains, and then we'll be able to reciprocate that wow. same thing to either other opportunities zone businesses or to expand your own business. But this is about creating more accredited investors in the United States. There's not very many accredited investors in the black community. So we have to go through the steps of going from unaccredited investors to becoming accredited investors so that they can take advantage of of these opportunities like these. So tell me this. I keep hearing this word collaboration. Businesses need to collaborate. What does that mean in this in this environment, collaboration? I think when you're talking about the Opportunity Zones Act, uh, they're expecting anywhere from three to six trillion dollars in potential investment in these zones. That kind of money is not just going to flow into this, you know, one small business or two. I mean, we don't know very many. $300 billion businesses in the Opportunity Zone. So it's going to take a little bit of coordination, a little bit of collaboration amongst the community to ensure that we are properly dressing these communities to receive as much Opportunity Zone investment as possible. I, I circle back. We look at Castleberry Hill in Atlanta, right? That is a community of, you know, that's – a a district, if you will, of black-owned businesses that have the ability to work together, to cooperate in their in their narrative, cooperate in their intent, so that they can become a district that is known for attracting opportunity zone investors. And there are Castleberry Hills all over America. You know, there are Castleberry Hills in Macon, Georgia, and Augusta, Georgia, and and Tampa, Florida, and Jacksonville, Florida, and Montgomery, Alabama, you know, very similar communities that that individually those businesses may not be as attractive, but if they're able to come together and create business districts that serve a need in that region, in that area, these are going to be regionally based efforts, not individual business-based efforts but regionally-based efforts because you have to build a community around the business in order for that business to, to be sustainable and to survive. So if we want to start taking advantage of this, what are some of the next steps that we should be doing to start moving in the right direction? Oh, man. Uh, you know, there are a lot of, you know, believe it or not, the federal government has done a lot of things to help uh, prepare businesses for this legislation. So uh, the SBA is being very active in helping small businesses understand, um, helping people that want to start small businesses get in position. Uh, there are a lot of incentives that are giving small businesses access to loans, access to different things that will make them a better and more attractive uh, opportunity zone investment. Um, there are just many different uh, things that are being put together, whether it's local and state legislation that is uh, helping businesses get ready. Um, you know, we, we've got to go through a significant 
financial and entrepreneurship literacy uh, surge, if you will. I, I, I liken it and compare it to uh, after slavery ended, the black community or the slave community went from 3% literacy to 70% literacy within the first 10 years. You know, when you think about where we are right now with, with businesses uh, in the black community, there's only 3% of, of, of our community as entrepreneurs. We're going to have to have a similar type surge where we go from 3% entrepreneurship rate to 70% entrepreneurship rate in a lot of these communities because that's what's necessary in order to take full advantage of, you know, bringing these dollars to the community. And where you have investment in the community, you have growth in the community, you create jobs in the community, you create more opportunity, that creates more hope, more, more, uh, you know, where people will feel like, man, if, if I can learn this, if I can do this, then I have a chance at earning a good life, at living a good life. So this is, you know, even just the word itself, opportunity, this, right, right, is, right. this is the essence of what opportunity, you know, really means. And, you know, opportunity and hope, if they're not siblings, they're definitely first cousins. Well, I tell you, through my role at the Urban League, Director of Entrepreneurship, we've been working with Invest Atlanta as a very big initiative on helping people understand what opportunity zones are. So you can go to investatlanta.com, go to their site, start looking up information. But I think the key thing is we've got to get involved right now. We can't wait. Yeah. A lot of times we wait to see what happens. This is not one of those situations. you know. This is not. As a matter of fact, yeah. the first year of the legislation, uh, as of December 31st, you know, there's a there's a milestone that's being hit on the 31st of December. So we are in season, I'll say that. This legislation is live. Money is moving. People are receiving access to capital. There are millions of dollars currently being invested in Opportunity Zones, if not billions of dollars. So it's it's necessary to get involved right now. Read up on Opportunity Zones. Google is your friend. You know, read up, well, get smart, well, can, reach out. Well, I'll I tell you what, what we're going to do, we're going to make sure they know about it because we're going to take it to them, Corey. I think this is so important Absolutely. that we need to, if a church that has been there 50, 60, 70 years has the potential to become an opportunity to fund, why not help it? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the community, the people Absolutely. trust it. The church is made up of parishioners who have businesses. They generally own property in the community. It seems like they'd be the yep. perfect setup for this incubator, school, everything that we would need to get funded to build our community. Absolutely. And if you look at the stats on these opportunity zones, uh Number one, the the college and high school graduate rate in these opportunity zones is, you know, often less than 50% of the national average, you know. So if you're looking at what kind of opportunity zone investments can we put out there, schools, uh, workforce development. Here you go. That's what I'm talking um, about. 
you know, uh, the the fifty uh, percent the opportunity zones have a fifty percent higher rate of of ha- of being a, a food desert. So what kind of businesses can we put in these opportunity zones? Grocery stores. There we go. Uh, farms. There we uh, go. Things of that nature. You know, we just got to think outside the box when it comes okay. to this. And a lot of these opportunity zones, they have lack of access to uh, Internet. You know, what kind of businesses can we put in opportunity zones? Uh, Internet-based businesses, uh, giving people access to high-speed Internet and, and uh, uh, satellites and towers for a cell phone, you know, there's so many different things that we can focus on as far as building out the infrastructure necessary to take these communities step-by-step through the processes of how to become. Look at what Atlanta did, like you said, the growth of Atlanta. Look at Atlanta as a test case or as an example of what we can do in Savannah and Augusta and Tifton and, you know, and all these others, and, and, and recreating that process that Atlanta went through from 1996 to 2010, from 2010 to 2020. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. All we have to do right. is study what has already happened and, and replicate that infrastructure in a lot of these other communities. You know, the thing is, we both know this could be a longer conversation, and we're going to have to make it a longer one where actually people can call in and ask questions and things like that. No doubt. But I just want to thank you for the time you've given us this evening. So if you want to give some last parting comments about Opportunity Zones, what would those comments be? You know, I'm available. If anybody ever needs to to reach me, they can find me on Instagram at The H Factor. Um, They can find me on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I'm here to help. My goal is just to make sure that everybody is conscious of what's going on. All right, my brother. Thanks for coming out. So we're going to do another show where you can call in and ask questions. So we'll be planning that so you get more information about how to change your community. Thank you, Corey, for coming out. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Hey, this is Mark. I'm going to go to a short break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to bring in, we're going to talk about this new song being released that I played a little bit of before. Can't build a talk radio show. I'll be right back. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative. And that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life <laughs> and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Mark, and I'm coming back. I'm bringing this song up right now. Luis Cantorino. He came on my show a while back. He has a music production company that's Christian based. And he has a new single that he wants to release on my show. I feel very honored. So Luis, welcome to the show. 
Hi, Mark. Thanks for having us, having me on. All right, man. I'm going to turn it down for a little bit, and we're going to bring it back up. But Louise, I think you know what? I think she's in right now. Hold on. Hold on. Pamela. Hey, how's it going? Hey. All right. You know what? We just started your segment. So uh, oh, welcome to yeah, the show. Sorry about that thing. No, that's good. Thank so, uh, so I'll, I'll put the music back on. We'll start again, Louise. How about that? Okay. Sounds good. So, Louise, while this music is playing, why don't you introduce yourself? All right, sure. I'm uh, Luis Caterino. i um, got a um, music production company called The Way LLC. It's um, founded on uh, Christian principles. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we work on all types of different music. It, it's not necessarily um, just Christian, but it has to be, like, positive and uplifting. I'm all about um, positivity and spreading the love. Um, and so uh, Pam and I have been working on this song since uh, 2012. Uh, so I'm going to let her introduce herself real quick and talk a little bit about the song and the production um, of it. Pamela, hey there. Go ahead. Hey. Yeah, hey. My name is Pamela Parker. I'm coming at you from San Francisco Bay Area right now. I am a, an, a rock artist. Uh, but I also do like R&B and funk, and I also work at a recording studio as a producer and an audio engineer called Hyde Street Studios in San Francisco. And uh, I met Luis through an old producer I worked with, Paul Miner, and uh, I just thought, it, you know, he was doing so much to help Paul at the end of his time here, and... Um, you know, I thought it was a really cool connection, so we decided we wanted to write a song together because, you know, Paul was such a special guy to us, and he taught me so much about music and how to listen and just you know, how to really get specific on a lot of different details within the production aspect of recording and writing and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, Luis and I, we wrote this song back when I, I was living in Maryland for almost a year back just for a little bit for some family stuff and um now i'm back in the bay area so that was how we got together so let's talk about this song what 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 makes this song special um i um well i think what makes it special is that sorry go ahead kim no go ahead no i was just gonna say it's uh, i think it makes what makes it special is that it's um, it's kind of a song about, um, you know, as in the title, taking over your life and not needing anybody to be successful, but really just relying on yourself um, to be successful and to have a good, uh, strong life, you know. Um. Pamela, what about you? Hey there, yes. Well, yeah, to me, I mean, it's definitely got some empowerment to it where you're taking over your life, you know, from other people that have plans for you. I feel like sometimes other people come at you like, I need you to do this for me and I need that. Maybe you're in a relationship where the guy's like, you got to do this, you got to do that, or the girl or whoever, you know, just the other, the partner. And, you know, the song to me is kind of like, you know, I'm taking over my life and it's all about love, you know, and if you don't have love, then you're kind of not going to be in my life. 
I might give you a hug or something and try to like give you some light, but then it's gonna stop. You're not gonna be in the inner circle, you know. There you go. You know, I think it's so appropriate that you release it at this time of the year as people are preparing to go into a new year. They got to get a new attitude. And that's why I like taking yeah. over me. I, I'll take it over me. Okay. And, and this time yeah. of year, it's hard for a lot of people going through the holidays. Sometimes they feel lonely. Sometimes they feel like they're by themselves. But this song is helping them, to me, understand yeah. that yeah. they can do it themselves. They can do it themselves. So exactly. besides this song, yeah, you, you got any other things from it? Right, you don't need it. So besides this song, you got anything else coming out, or where can they go hear this song? Uh, where can they can they get it? How's that gonna work? Yeah, well, well I'm pretty um, sure it's on. Go ahead, go Louise. ahead Louise. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, um, well, yeah, I have. Um, there's some other stuff coming out from the way uh, LLC. Um, you know, January 7th, I have another one I can come back on and talk about that. Um, but um, this song um, here, you know, we're both really excited about, um, you know, just what it can do for other people, especially, like you said, in this time of the year. Um, and, you know, you can find it on, you can, yeah, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, um, you know, Deezer, anywhere where you can stream. Um, and I always say this, that um, streaming is great, like, if you want to, like, hear a song. It's also on um, YouTube, but it's, streaming is great if you want to, like, hear a song. But if you really, really um, like the song, um, I always recommend that you buy it um, because it not only supports the artist, but it also kind of sends a message to other people about, you know, what you think of the song, you know, because, um, you know. Um, I agree, man. I agree. But I tell you what, I've been playing this song ever since you sent it to me. And it's a great song to start your day with. I'm going to tell you that. Okay? I mean, it's, uh, it really is. So uh, it's beautifully done. It just kind of flows. It's Pamela and Louise, you guys did a great job with it. And I can't wait to hear more. So uh, right. Thank you. I was gonna say, um, <clears throat> um, Pam, if you had anything that you wanted to add about the um, about the song or anything that you've got going on um, down yep. there in San Francisco. Yep. I should hear you. Pam, Pam. I don't know. She's she's still on there, but but oh. well. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up, Louise. You guys came in at the last minute. I'm glad I got a chance. So, oh, um, sorry, real quick, real quick, if you don't mind. So, um, so the next, um, the next um, song that I have um, coming out, just a quick um, plug about this, uh, January 7th, um, there's a song coming out called Frozen in Time, which is another, there's going to be another great um, song um, with the artist uh, Genesis, um, Michael Turner, and I'll have him come on, and we'll come on and do this thing again. And I'll send you the send you the song. It's a it's a great song. I think it's gonna really um, lift people's spirits as well. All right, man. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming out. 
Appreciate your time. Can't wait yeah, for January seventh. Yeah. Well, you guys have a great holiday. And everybody will if they play this song taking over me over the holiday. So I'm gonna go out with All this. Right. And I trust everyone. Hopefully you enjoy the show. But we're gonna finish the show listening to the rest of this song. Everyone have a, a great evening.